0: Greetings, I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is a video teaching series, How to Study the Bible, or How to Study the Bible So You Can Find Truth That Your Salvation Can Depend On. This is Lesson 7, Video 8, Counting the Introduction is One Video, of this series, and uh, we've been talking about some very heavy things. This lesson won't be any lighter, so to speak. The the subject of this lesson is knowing the word is the antidote to error. Knowing the word is the antidote to error. If knowing the word is the antidote to being in false doctrine, being in error, I have to accept the fact that I cannot know the word without studying the word. I don't know the word because I've heard it preached. I don't know the word because I've sat through hours of teaching. I don't know the word because I read the word. I don't know the word because I listened to the audio Bible. Knowing the word uh, implies an absolute... Um depth of understanding of the word that I not only can answer my own questions to myself uh, and know in my spirit I've answered those questions, but I also can answer other people's questions as the scripture tells us to do. let's talk about that a little bit. Second Timothy chapter two, verse fourteen of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they increase unto more ungodliness. Babblings is not talking about a person with a mental or emotional disability, and just whatever coming out of our mouth. Profane and vain babblings are the ramblings of those who don't know the scripture except in their own <coughs> prideful intellect. And they are sharing with you what they think they know and understand. And it is, uh, oh, it sounds so impressive. You don't know, have a clue what they're talking about, but it sounds so impressive. Uh, the Bible says for us to shun that. And the antidote for all of this, and this isn't just for preachers, even though it was written to Timothy. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman which you need is not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is for all of us. This is for all of us. This is for all of us. And we need to hear this. We need to receive this. We need to understand this. Jesus in John 5 39 said. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. What a strange way of putting this. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. What is he talking about? Well, if you look at it, it's tragically obvious. He's saying to them, You think you, he's saying to the Pharisees and the Jews, and situation, you think you know the scripture and you think you have truth but you just think you know them enough to have eternal life. But you need to study again because the fact that you don't recognize me, that you don't acknowledge who I am, is proof that while you think you know the scriptures, you don't. Now (laughs) How, how much of a wake up call should that be to every believer? How much of a wake up call should that be? That if the Jews, the people of God, the children of Abraham, the natural children of Abraham, if they thought they were experts, the lawyer, a lawyer in Jesus' day wasn't someone who was versed in the civil law. A lawyer in Jesus' day was someone who was an expert in God's law. He was a lawyer. He was an expert, and they were the ones that had the most difficult time believing in Jesus and obeying the words of Jesus and acknowledging who He was, et cetera., et etc, cetera, etc, cetera, because they were such experts in the Word, and he tells them, and this doesn't sound all that offensive to us, but in their context. This is a pretty strong statement and some would consider it an offensive statement. He's telling those that think they're experts in the book, search the scriptures because you think you have eternal life. But you don't because you don't recognize truth when it comes. You don't recognize what I'm doing when I do it. You, you don't, you don't, you don't know the word of God. You don't know the truth of the word of God enough to be able to recognize the works of God and the word of God because you don't have the truth. You know scriptures intellectually, but you don't know truth because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. So if they didn't recognize him, uh, they didn't recognize the way. They didn't recognize the truth. They didn't recognize the life. They didn't recognize it. Then. Acts seventeen eleven, Paul was preaching uh, in Thessalonica, and they were rejecting what he was saying. The scripture says speaking of the Bereans, those at Berea were more noble than those at Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and didn't stop there and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. If there's any verse in the Bible that needs to be obeyed today, it's this. It's not a, good enough to go to church, listen to the pastor teach or the teacher teach, pastor preach or the teacher teach, and go home and say, well, that was good and forget about it before you can drive off the, plot, the, the, the parking lot. No. These Bereans, They received the word with all readiness of mind. A lot of pastors would be happy just to have people receive what they were were saying with all readiness of mind. But they had such an interest in the word of God and hearing the word of God and knowing the truth. That they searched the scriptures daily to confirm that what was being preached to them was in the book. Now. Now. That is, uh, that's exactly the responsibility. I don't want, I've never wanted anybody to take me blindly at my word. I don't want anybody to do that. I want people to go to the book when I preached, taught, in these lessons too. And see whether or not what I'm saying is actually in the book. Why would I want you to do that? Because I've already looked. It's in the book. And when you see it's in the book, you can reject it uh because I'm saying it. Or you can accept it because I'm saying it. But that either makes it truth or not truth. When you go to the book to confirm what's being said, and it's in the book, now you're not rejecting a man. Now you're rejecting the God who said it. That's why it's very important that you and I not not blindly accept everything we hear come across the pulpit. Now, I know there will be preachers who are not going to be happy with me for saying that. I got booked for what I'm saying. Where's your book? Where's your book that people are supposed to receive what you say without question? Now, if they're questioning it, but only going to their friends and neighbors to talk about it, to get their opinion on it, that's very wrong, that's very wrong, because the only source of judgment of what the preacher says is the Word of God itself so if i if I want to find out of what whether or not what the the person I'm listening to is preaching the truth, I don't go ask this one, I don't go ask this one. I don't get all these opinions till I find one i get one I like that justifies me not doing or doing whatever I want to do or not or not doing what I don't want to do. I I, I can't do that. I have to go back to the book to find out what the book says. What does the book say? Paul said this in Romans 15, 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. I can't have hope. I can't have hope. If, uh, I am not taking the scripture for what it says and letting it teach me. If God is speaking through the preacher and it's his word, when you go with an open and honest heart to the word of God, you're going, the same Holy Ghost that spoke through the preacher is going to speak to you and through you from the word of God. To confirm to you what the preacher said is true. And then you're following God. You're not following a man. Praise God. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 13 says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured, hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And from a child, Thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, Paul is saying to Timothy, because we know, uh, in another place, I believe 1st Timothy, Paul told Timothy he knew that he had received this instruction from his mother and his grandmother and that he could have confidence in that. And that from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, another place his grandmother and mother were uh, mentioned specifically. So Paul, Paul is actually telling Timothy, I know you've been taught this and I know you believe this and I believe it's true too, but you still have to do your due diligence and take what me as the apostle and your mother and grandmother have said and go back to the scripture with it and examine it because it's only the scripture that is given by, given by inspiration of God. As the final authority, the word of God, will endure forever. Heaven or earth will pass away, but my word is never going to pass away. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. So no matter what the preacher or your parent or your wife or your husband or your kids are saying, the thing that matters the most is what the word of God says. Now, as they continue to speak to you truth, then you can gain more and more confidence and recognize in your spirit when this person is speaking truth to you. And that's okay. But even when you believe with all your heart what's been spent, said to you is Bible, you still have an obligation to go back and check. And I do this regularly. I, I'll go back and and I want to look at the scriptures that the preacher used. I want to see what they said. I will see what I can learn from it that even wasn't said in that service. What it, because if if I'm in the will of God in that service and that preacher's in the will of God and he's speaking the word of God, then God is speaking to me something He's expecting me to receive and something I need to hear and know. And if I don't go back and look at it and receive and 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 talk about it, receive it, examine it, then I'm not fulfilling the will of God, the word of God just to make this point a little more literally i want to read the last uh, two verses of second timothy 3 uh, from two translations first is the literal translation of the holy bible version all scripture is god breathed and is and profitable for doctrine for reproof correction for instruction righteousness so the man of god may be perfected being fully furnished for every good work and then the amplified says every scripture is god breathed given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sins, for correction of error and discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness and holy living in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Well, I'm going to say this to you. Some would take this man of God phrase here, and make it into a preacher. But God's no respecter of persons. As we will see in uh, just another verse or so here, uh, it is the will of God for every child of God to be proficient in the word of God to be able to minister to those who need to know Jesus. What we call the preacher is actually someone who is gifted to lead the body and to oversee the entire body. The preacher is not the one that's only, the only one that is responsible for ministering to the lost. Let's demonstrate that. Ephesians chapter 4, 11 and 12. And he gave some apostles, some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let's look at two translations on that. verse uh, verses 4, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 from we expanded translation of the New Testament. And he gave, And he himself gave some, on the one hand as apostles, on the other hand as prophets, and still again some as bringers of good news, and finally some pastors who are also teachers. For the equipping of the saints for ministering work with a view to the building up of the body of Christ. Huh? What did that say? For the equipping of the saints for ministering work with a view to the building up of the body of Christ. Who's doing the ministry that's going to build up the body of Christ? The preacher or the saint? Who? Oh. So do we still believe the Catholic doctrine of clergy laity? Or do we believe the New Testament doctrine of the priesthood of all believers? Which one is it do we believe? Hello? Which one? Amplified, same verses say it this way. You might not want to listen to this because this is even more direct. And his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of his flock, and teachers. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church. Wow. You know, the word of God can be really problematic. You think so? You think. The word of God can be a real problem. Wow. Especially when it just rips the scab off of that which we thought was healing up because we're all comfortable in our tradition. I'm not trying to be unkind here. I'm trying to get you to think. But not just think your thoughts. I'm trying to get you to think like the word of God says think. Not what not like I think. Not like I say think. Like the word of God says. So, having a culture that promotes to Christians to come to church and be passive participants in everybody else's performance and that that fulfills their biblical responsibility to be a child of God and a member of the body of Christ is not just a lie. It's not just tradition. It is a lie. It is damning because those people sitting on the seats who, who sit there until they lose their first love are going to be lost. Because if I really love Jesus, can I not tell others about him? Can I refrain from telling others about him? The apostle said we can't help but can't help but speaking those things which we've seen and heard. We can't hold it back. How can we hold it back? How can you hold it back if you love him? I go places and uh, I'm preaching, and who's my number one person I refer to besides Jesus? Jesus first, who's second? you've ever heard me minister, it's Alice Wright. Why? I love her. I love her. And because I love her, I talk about her. I talk about her a lot because I love her. Well, if I love Jesus, and I believe he is the way, the truth, and the life, how can I not talk about him wherever I go, whatever I'm doing? Every time there's a door open, how can I not do that? How can I believe that I'm being a Christian just by going to church faithfully and put some money in the offering plate, and and living by the rules and obey the pastor? Where do I get that from? Where's the Bible for that? That if I do that, I'll be saved. If I go to church faithfully and put money in the plate, uh, you, you know, ten percent or more or whatever, and and I and I keep all the rules, the do's and the don'ts and I obey the pastor, I'm going to be saved. Where is that in the Bible? Where is it? Are those things important? Yes, they're important. But that's not where it all stops. That's not, what the, that's not where the word ends. Jesus said that he'd come to seek and save that which was lost. He's Christ. The church is supposed to be the body of Christ. If the mission of, and purpose of Christ on the earth was to seek and save the lost and the church is now the body of Christ on the earth, can we be saved if we're not doing the purpose and mission of Christ on the earth? Can I be a part of the body and have no interest or participation in doing what the church is supposed to be doing on the earth? Ah, here's the problem. I can be a part of the institutional church, not be a part of the body. If I judge my salvation by my participation with the institutional church rather than my participation with Christ and his body, I'm going to be sorely, sorely, eternally disappointed in the outcome there. Oh, praise God. All right. I'll move on. This gets worse. If your flesh doesn't like this, it gets worse. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 down through Hebrews chapter 6, verse 2. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, this is not written to preachers. It's not written to those that are called to the pulpit, which is a phrase you can't find in the Bible anywhere. Uh, When for the time you ought to be teachers, you have no need for one to teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful, and the word of righteousness free as a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. They've grown up. Saints that have grown up. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore leaving, not abandoning, but growing from, progressing from the milk. Therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, which is the milk. Let us go into perfection, not laying again the fountain. And he tells us what milk is, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Verse 3 says, and this will we do if God permit. Now, the Amplified reads this way. Amplified reads this way. Hebrews 5 and 12. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the first principles of God's Word. You've come to need milk, not solid food. It's like a preacher getting up to a church full of people, but with no sinners present. And he's preaching Acts 2.38 and the oneness of God and holiness standards. Why does he have to do that? Because people aren't growing. They're not maturing. They still need milk. They're not participants. They're passive like a baby being fed, who cries when they don't get fed. He can't preach preach messages to sinners because saints are crying because they're not getting fed. Verse 13. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness a conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought and action For he is a mere infant and not a, not able to talk yet. But solid food is for grown men, for full grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate, distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary to either divine or human law. Therefore, Let us go on and get past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrines of Christ the Messiah, advancing steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Let us not again be laying the foundation of repentance and abandonment of dead works, dead formalism, and of the faith by which you turned to God with teachings about purifying, the laying on of Hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment and punishment. These are all matters of which you should have been fully aware long, long ago. Whoa. Don't want to read that in most Pentecostal churches, do you? Sure, you don't even want to read that. Because you might lose some tithe payers on that one might have some people get up and walk out out if the church even stood by that. Well, you don't have them anyway. They don't belong to God. They may belong to your institution, but they don't belong to the body of Christ. They don't belong to the body of Christ. So while you're trying to keep them in the institution, you're keeping them out of the body of Christ. You're not telling the truth. So therefore, they don't get conviction. There's no conviction of sin. There's no whatever. Because we're living by our own Traditions and practices, and not by the Word of God. And last but not least, I'm going to read this same one in a uh, translation that has a humorous name, but you'll see why it's called this when I read through it. In these verses, Hebrews 11, 511 through uh, six two, chapter six, verse two. It's called the easy to read version or translation. We have many things to tell you about this, but it is hard to explain because you've stopped trying to understand. You have had enough time by that by now you should be teachers. but You need someone to teach you again the first lessons of God's teaching. You still need the teaching that is like milk. You're not ready for solid food. Anyone who lives on milk is still a baby and is not able to understand much about living right. But solid food is for people who have grown up From their experience, they have learned to see the difference between good and evil. So we should be finished with the beginning lessons about Christ. We should not have to keep going back to where we started. We begin our new life by turning away from the evil that we did in the past and by believing in God. That's when we were taught about baptisms, laying hands on people, the resurrection of those who have died, and the final judgment. Now we will... We need to go forward to more mature teaching. Amen. That's why it is so very critical for you and I to be students of the word with the teacher being the Lord Jesus Christ as we study those things that have been taught to us and preached to us. to, uh, to So that it's no longer our pastor's message. It's no longer our church's doctrine. But it's our truth that we believe and we're going to live by no matter what. If you want truth, the antidote to error is knowing the word. And you can't know the word if you're not going to study. God bless you. In Jesus' name, I pray that the light of the word of God is speaking to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray that God's word is ministering to you and that you're receiving it. And rather than being offended by what's being said, that there is a resolve that's happening down in here that says, I want to know Jesus and I want to know his word. I want truth. I want light. And I want to be a beacon for truth and light. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you.